Hey guys, welcome to Flow Podcast. J-Log here. My, it's been just quite a while since uh, we've sat down to record, and it feels so good to be back in not only the presence of God, but be back in the presence of you guys listening over your podcast. Um, what times we've dealt with since we've last recorded, I want to update you guys on a few things that's taken place, uh, not only in my life, but in the life of Flow Podcast. Um, as many of you all have known, uh, Marcus Polly, who is our other co-host here that was doing the podcast with us, had left the uh, church that we were both members of and, and, and a part of, and uh, God has moved him in different directions in terms of his family and and uh, his ways of living. He is now living in Dallas, Texas uh, with his family down there, and him and his lovely wife are about to have their second child. and. Uh, Marcus is still a part of Flow Podcast, uh, but due to some complications of scheduling uh, with him in Texas and me here in Kentucky, it's been real difficult for us to match up. And then with some restrictions of COVID and things like that going on and my school ministry of me going back to school and just life in general, guys, uh, that's, that's what it's all about is living with Christ, uh, going with the flow of things. When life throws you curveballs, uh, being able to get through them uh, in the way that Christ would want you to, you know, I, if it was up to me and Marcus both, we would have already, we would have never quit recording. But life sometimes those things in our path that causes us to stumble, causes us to jump off track, and I can say that through this, we've definitely uh, kept God the focal point, kept God at the center of everything that's been going on in both of our lives. Uh, we talk regularly throughout the course of the week and through text message and, and things. So uh, things are really going good with us. It's just that because of unfortunate life circumstances, guys, we've not been able to record. But praise God, the day has finally come back to where we can do that. Uh, for myself, God once again showed me, you know, Jason, that this ministry of the podcast of 3-in-1 Ministries as far as our uh, merchandise line, is still something that needs to be put on the forefront. He's told me that there's been people that's been touched by this podcast. I've had people tell me that they miss hearing us and hearing new episodes, that they're going back and listening to old episodes, and which is definitely encouraging, but they need to be fed. And so when that stuff started happening over the past two to three weeks, God's really laid it up on my heart and uh, that we needed to get this thing back up and running smoother and that because things don't always work out on our time, meaning mine and Marx's, doesn't mean that God wants his time to cease as well and his plan for what he has going on with Flow Podcast. So in doing so, God laid it on my heart to ask uh, somebody to be a co-host as well, uh, to fill in and jump in and, and take, tackle this thing with both feet and uh, hitting the ground running and that person is Mr. Josh Bennett. He is our children and family pastor at our church, Mill Creek Baptist Church here in Bardstown, Kentucky. And I've known Josh now for about two and a half years, yeah, roughly. two and a half years, yeah. And uh, it's exciting for me. Uh, I presented this to, to Josh about a week ago, a week and a half ago, and he was overly excited about it. Uh, he was thrilled to, to the opportunity of just basically hitting the—I I, want to say airwaves, so to yeah. speak—but <laughs> but hitting the podcast waves, I guess you could say, uh, with more encouraging thoughts, words, a different viewpoint, a different perspective, uh, coming from a different person within this ministry. And uh, 
So guys, I want to introduce you to Josh. I want to uh, let give him some time to tell you guys a little bit about himself, how he came to Mill Creek, how he came to Kentucky even, yeah. and uh, just tell you a little bit about his story. And then we will continue on with a little few other things as we progress. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn the floor over to Josh. And right. Josh, thank you so much, my oh, friend. Oh, no problem. Thank you, Jason. Uh, yeah, so I'm Josh. Um, I've been doing ministry now for... Let's see here. This is one of my favorite things to do is do math while, you know, recording a podcast. I have a great track record of that, but I've been doing ministry now for 19 years, um, which is a long time when you think wow. about it. Yeah. Like, um, so I guess I, I feel like the best way to get to know somebody is really just their testimony. You yeah, know? I agree. Um, that's one of the things whenever I come to a church and even if I was just doing a, a one-off lesson with youth or kids or whatever, it's, let me tell you my testimony because it's the best way to describe who I am, what I've gone through and stuff like that. Um, so uh, I'm born and raised in North Carolina. I'm not from Kentucky. Um, I feel like that's just ministry. He's, he's a Tar Heel baby. I, I am a Tar Heel baby. I'm proud of it. I see my Tar Heel flag in the closet right now. Next time I want to hang it up behind Jason just so it's like <laughs> he's in the shadow of it. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, born born in North Carolina, um, raised to to good parents. Um, I can now say they're godly parents, but at the time they were, they were good parents. And um, I was very lucky because they taught me Christian morals. Um, we never really went to church. We'd go to church every now and then. You know, we're those Christmas Easter's every other year type people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, but they taught me the the the, the morals, um, and so we we lived that life. You know, for a while. Um, when I was in fourth grade, uh, we moved from where we were living, and it was a hard move for me because I was literally two houses down from my best friend. Mm. Um, he's still my best friend. I've known him since I was two months old, and so wow. that's it's a long time, you that's know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we were able – like, we had a little path that led back to our houses and stuff like that, and that was back in the day where you could just like, hey, I'm going to walk down the road, you know, yeah. and uh, do stuff like that. But, yeah, it was a hard move because, you know, being from a five-minute walk to now – you know, a 20 minute drive, it's a big difference, oh, absolutely. You, especially when you, you can't drive, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, so we moved, but we moved right beside my mom's parents, by my grandparents. We were neighbors with them. And my grandma was a very godly woman. You know, she went to church every Sunday. Um, she was there all the time. And so she invited our family and we'd start going to church. Um, and so I went with the youth. Um, they would let me go cause I was in, it wasn't a youth group as we know it now was like the youth of the church the older you know elementary schoolers of the church and so we went on a ski trip and we were at a camp and um, I remember that it was more of a hell and brimstone preaching and was like you need to pray this prayer to be saved and so I prayed this prayer but I just was saying it so I would be saved from hell and not really the lordship or anything like that and so I thought I was saved but nothing ever changed in my life you know, nothing ever came from it. Um, eventually, we stopped going to church. Um, and so we just sort of, sort of hit and miss. And then fast forward a long time to high school. Um, There's this girl that I liked. Um, and so I knew that she went to this church. We we started dating, and then she broke up with me. And I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to prove to her how good of a Christian guy I can be. Yeah. And so um, I went to church, and she wasn't there. It was mm. a couple of different Sundays. And it was around this time of the year, actually. Um, 
that one Sunday she was gone because it was Christmas and she went and saw family, you know, for Christmas. Right. And then the next weekend was over um, New Year's. She was actually at the Extreme Winter Conference um, that our youth are about to go to. And so it comes to the first Wednesday night service I ever went to. And actually, I'm going to do a second. I'm going to pull up the calendar here um, just so I can actually give the exact date because I'm very lucky to where I can be like, I know what when it was, you know. Um, but it was the first Wednesday night of 2001. Uh, they had just gotten back from Winter Extreme, and the youth were sharing about how God had changed their life. So that's January 3rd, 2001. Um, they were sharing on the with the adults. Uh, you know, they let the the youth take over the adult worship more mm-hmm. or less and share about how God had changed their lives during Winter Extreme. And time after time after time, I heard how. God had filled this hole that these people were, that these youth were looking for, how Mm -hmm. God had just changed their life. And I was like, that's what I'm missing. That's what I need right now. Like, that's it. Mm. It's not this girl. It's not any of this other stuff. That is what I need. That's the hole that I'm looking for. It's just this hole that's been missing. And so um, I went and talked to the youth pastor. I was like, I I need that. Like, I don't have that. What, how, how can I get that? And so we actually went to the nursery of the church, you know, because the nursery was right behind the sanctuary. And so we were in like the gliding rocking chairs with like the cribs and stuff like that all around us. Um, it's now the college and career classroom is what they've turned it into now. But <laughs> and so that I got saved that night and my life had just never been the same, same since then. Um, I could not get enough of church. Mm-hmm. Every Wednesday night, Sunday night, Sunday morning, I was there, mm-hmm. you know, because I was like, I just, I need more of this. I cannot get enough of this. Um, and eventually got to the point where they were talking about baptism. I was like, yes, I want to be baptized because I know that's what I need to do is I need to be baptized. And my parents were like, well, before you get baptized and join this church, let's see what this church is actually about. Mm-hmm. And so they went and visited and it just sort of rekindled this relationship because they were saved back in their early adulthoods and their youth, but they had drifted away and right. then they came back and they rededicated. And up to that point in time, my parents were smokers and they got in church and just immediately stopped. Like it's just, wow, really? yeah, I mean, it's been, That's amazing. It's, yeah, it is amazing. Cause it's just like, well, it just shows you what God can set you, you free from. Yes. And then through it all, I have two younger brothers. There's seven years between each of us. So there's 14 years between me and my youngest brother. Wow. Did yeah. Not know that. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a big difference. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but through it all, my brothers have been saved. You know, my family, I, I'm very blessed because there are definitely those people who have that struggle of uh, my family's not saved. How do I handle this situation? Mm-hmm. I've never had to really deal with that right. and to the point where my brother was a missionary for a while both my brothers did mission work for a while um, my dad's deacon at the church you know um, they're very active in the church and so I continued just to grow closer and it got to my senior year and just like every senior you know happens you ask them well what are you going to do with your life mm-hmm. and my answer was I don't know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and yeah. so I remember praying and asking God God what do you want me to do with my life I'll do whatever you want me to do, just as long as it's not public speaking. Because as much as I am an extrovert and like being the center of attention, I never wanted to be the sole man on a stage. Really? You know, yeah, that was just, it wasn't my desire. You like, never knew it. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was one of those things that's like, I'll do whatever you want to do. And, you know, that's when God started laying on my heart, hey, I want you to be a pastor. You know, I want you to do ministry. Well, through this, um, 
So I grew up, for those who might know it, who don't know it, probably the majority of people will not know it, but, you know, I grew up in North Carolina, a town called Fuquay Verena, but really more Lillington area. It's near where Campbell's University is, you know, near Fort Bragg. It's about mm-hmm. 30, 40 minutes away from Fort Bragg. Um, but that's where I grew up, and it wasn't really – it's not a huge town. Well, Fuquay is a huge town now, but it wasn't a big town. There wasn't really a lot to do. And so our youth in our youth group and some of the youths in the other youth groups around us, because we do monthly youth rallies where lots of different youth groups would get together and just awesome. worship God together, and it was awesome. You know, but a lot of our youth were like, we have nothing going on. Like, we need to do something. So we decided to open up a Christian club. We called it a Christian club, you know. Um, And one of our youth's grandfather had a bar that was no longer open. It was a Western bar. And he was like, well, you guys can use this building. And so we retrofitted this bar and made it a Christian club. And we would do events once a month. Um, We'd bring in bands and we'd always stop everything throughout the night and have a lesson. And so we'd bring in different youth pastors from the area and having them come and do lessons. And we had, like, pool tables and carpet pool tables. We had, like, Segas and Super Nintendo set up for kids to play. We had arcade machines. We had air hockey. And we'd have bands come in. Like, we had Need to Breathe come in. We had Building 429 come in. Wow. Before they were anything, you know. We actually – we had a really good relationship with Building 429 to where we remember them signing their record deal that they have now. And actually, when they started getting popular – and we had them come back for our last event, and they're like, we'll give you guys a deal because we've worked with you guys for so long. Mm. And it was really cool, you know. That's awesome. And so it was a lot of fun, and we that was sort of my first taste of ministry, you know, being able to help organize this stuff and, you know, see lives changing. It was just an awesome. It was one of those places where you walk into it and you could just feel the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. you know, this old Western bar. And we we did it for about two or three years. We called it Nevea. You know, mm. call it Nevea the Big House, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and it was just a lot of fun because it was just youth. Like, it was, we had, it, of course, we had adults over us because they had to, you know, be the official signers on stuff like that. But it was really a youth-ran thing. Mm. Um, and we were training up the next, because by the time it was starting to end, we were getting college age. And we're like, well, we don't want this to be a college thing. We want this to continue to be a youth thing. So we started training up other youth to be able to take our place. And eventually some things happened and the adults were like, no, it's time to shut it down. And so wow, really? yeah, it was, it, there was nothing that the youth did. We were, you know, we were successful. Not that we were in it to make money. We never made money, <laughs> right. like, but we made enough to survive and, and make improvements and stuff like that. And it was a lot of fun. And so that was sort of my first taste of ministry. And it was just an amazing thing to be a part of. Well, I got into another relationship. It was not a healthy relationship. Um, and it was one of those things where God gave me plenty of signs of being like, hey, this health, this relationship is not healthy. You need to get out of it. And, of course, I would never listen to listen because, right. you know. Um, we think we know better. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we know everything. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, and eventually God broke off this relationship. Like, God had to, I tell people all the time, if God is telling you to do something, it's a lot easier if you give it up than when God comes in and steps in and has been like, all right, it's time for me to end it. Yeah. You know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so. I'm going to give you an amen to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going I'm, I'm to stop it right here and just say amen to that because, man, that's, that's, that's for a whole different. I could preach a sermon on oh, that man. one because, yeah. you know, you're exactly right. When God tells us and guides us and directs us and we're his, it, his word says he guards our feet. Mm-hmm. And he stands guard over us to protect us, to guide us, to direct us, to point us in the direction that he wants us to go to. That direction may not be easy. It may not be the best thing in the world in your mind, but it's where he wants you to go. So when you as yourself take it upon yourself to tell God, you know, I know what's best for my life. I got yeah. this. You know, 
I've had God step in. It yeah. is, it's not fun. And it's amazing because God gives us so many times to do it on our own. Like It's not like he's like, I'm just going to step in and enter right now. No, he gives us multiple opportunities to be able to do the right thing. Yes. But eventually, because God is a loving father, he steps in and is like, all right, this is enough. Same thing we do with our kids. Oh, absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I've asked my kid and be like, all right, so what happened here? Knowing the truth, knowing exactly what happened, yeah. but still giving her the opportunity to actually tell the truth or mm-hmm. is she going to try to hide it and lie and, right. you know, and then she'll hide it and lie and then we'll be like, are you sure about this? You know? Yeah. And eventually it's like, all right, let me just tell you the truth. Let me, I know exactly what happened. Exactly. And I mean, God just loves us in that situation. Like, how did, how did you, how did you how did you take it when God stepped into that relationship and said, "Hey, you know, now I'm here." Right. It was it was hard because we were engaged. Um, really. Yeah, we were engaged, and what happened was that one of my buddies had just gotten out of the military, and so I was like, "Oh, you're back home. Let's just start hanging out." And eventually, my girl left me for him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it it was it was terrible. I mean, I was heartbroken. And even at that point in time, I still, my first reaction wasn't to turn to God. Right. My first reaction was just to, to wallow in my miseries. And I had burnt bridges. I'd burnt bridges with my family. I had burnt bridges with my friends. I had a, we had a very close group of friends to where a lot of it was our kids that are, we were, let me smack my mic real quick. And a lot of it was us that had grown up in youth together. And then we got into college, and of course, you get to college, and you're like, all right, you got to leave youth. And our mm-hmm. church didn't really have a college thing going on then, so we're like, well, we need something. Right. And so we started a Sunday night Bible study, small group with our college age kids, and uh, we called it the underground because we're like, we have to be secret about this for whatever reason. You know, the, <laughs> right. the, those ideas that you have before you have a fully developed brain, and you're like, I don't really understand why we called it that, but I get, it, you know, but we had Bible study and. It was. It had grown. You know, we had a family that let us use their extra house to meet in, and they had basketball goals and stuff like that. You know, sort of sounds a lot like what you guys are doing, actually. Right. You know, um, and so I was one of the leaders of that. It was me and my buddy. His name was Josh. Also, we, were, you know, there's always a billion Joshes, and so, right. <laughs> you know, and so we led it, and we did different. We led studies and stuff like that, and so I burnt some of those bridges just because I was living this life of. Oh yeah, I got everything good. I'm living for God, but in mm-hmm. reality, it was just chaos. Chaos, you know. Um, and so when God broke that off, I turned to my best friend, you know, the one who I've known since I was two months old, mm-hmm. and we went out to eat. We went to a subway, and just he's like, "Hey, let's just go get lunch." He's like, uh, and he just let me talk, and just pour out to him. And he's like, "Let's go see a movie tonight." And I was like, "Okay." I'm like I have nothing else to do because you know my life has been ruined. Let's go see a movie, <laughs> you know. Right. And so we went and saw. Um, Facing the Giants was actually, that's oh. when Facing the Giants came out in theaters. Mm-hmm. And we were the only ones in the theater. And it was crazy. Um, we went into the theater, and it was a stormy day. Like, it was crazy storm going on. And we went to the theater, and we were the only ones in the theater. And just the, the message of that movie of how God works everything for his glory and his honor and how we don't understand the paths of God, but God works it out. Mm-hmm. And just how God used that movie just to strengthen me and realize, all right, I, I got it, God. Like, I wasn't living for you. I wasn't doing the right things. I got it. You're, you're in control over all of this. Um, and then when we left the movie theater, it was just a perfectly calm day. Like, really? the storm had never been there. And I was like, man, this is just amazing. Um, 
And then the next month, our youth group that I was helping out with, they were doing a purity conference. There was a couple of churches that joined together, and they are going to go do this purity conference. And they are like, Josh, you want to come with us? I was like, well, yeah, I have nothing else to do now. Yeah, let me go. Um, and one of the speakers was speaking on Psalm 51, and it's by far my favorite passage in the Bible. But And we'll talk about that at some other point in time, some other day. you right. know. But really, the general gist is that is that... You know, God is not delighted with our actions. He wants the sacrifice. He wants mm-hmm. the broken, contrite heart. He wants us to be able to pour it out to God. And it talks about there how God will break bones and how God will, you know, do these things to get our attention. And when mm-hmm. the pastor was preaching on that, I was like, oh, man, mm-hmm. like, that's me. Like, God has broken my bones to heal me, to restore me. And so I, I was starting to, to heal from it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I was still was a little bitter of course, because right. you don't go through something like that without being bitter. Right. But I was starting to see how God was working in it and the glory and honor. And so I continued to live my life. And of course, you know, I'm in my early 20s at this point in time being like, I'm never going to find my soulmate. I'm just going to die single alone because that's how we think. <laughs> yeah. You know? yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so at this point in time, I was working at Blockbuster and I tell people all the time, it was my favorite non-ministry job. Like, I worked there for six years. I loved it because I love movies. I love video games. And I got paid to just talk about movies and video games all day long. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it was great. Um, So during this point in time, my middle brother started working with Child Evangelism Fellowship. He Mm -hmm. did their summer missions and ministry and stuff like that. And so it was getting, they're getting into their training for their summer ministry program. And usually I worked every Monday night because it was my job was to set, set the store for new movies that came out on Tuesday. So I'd adjust the wall and move all the stuff around to fit rooms for the new movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but I was off on that Monday for whatever reason. And my mom was like, well, why don't you take your brother up there? You know, because of course he's seven years younger than me, so he doesn't have a driver's license yet, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go do it. I'll just see what it's like. You know, he's been doing this now for a couple of years. Let me just go see what it's like. And I went up to this training and I fell in love with this training. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll sign up for the summer. You know, I talked to my boss at work and he's like, yeah, we can, we can work it out to where We'll make you work like later at night or earlier in the morning to where you could still do this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I went up there with just the plan. Then they do a two weeks long training at the beginning of summer to get people ready for the Bible lessons they're teaching that summer. They do basically backyard Bible clubs, you know, mm-hmm. five day clubs. And so I went up there for this training. And of course, the director of our chapter was like, hey, why don't you come work for us full time? I was like, nah, I'm, uh, I don't want to do that, you know. But I'm, I want to help you guys out for the summer, you know. I can drive. You have a lot of youth that can't drive. I'll be willing to drive and do lessons and stuff like that. Um, and so after the first day of training, I was like, all right, I want to do this full time, you know. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, all right. And really uh, the way I teach kids and even youth and adults comes from the training that I received then, you know, that has definitely influenced the way that I share the gospel, the way that I teach and all of that. Um, so I started working for them full time and they're, you know, they're missionaries. So we had to raise our own funds, mm-hmm. you know, so I'd go to people and be like, Hey Jason, you know, I'm working with CEF. Here's all our plans. Here's all this different. Would you want, would you want to support me monthly? Mm-hmm. And of course people are like, so where are you going? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm staying here. Oh, you're doing missions here. Like we support missionaries overseas. You're going to stay here and do missions. And I'm like, Yes. People here need to know Jesus too. They're like, well, why don't you just get another job and then do missions? And I'm like, thanks for your time. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's hard to fathom because it... people don't think about missions yeah. being domestic. Well, what's crazy is that America is one of the biggest nations right now where missionaries are coming to reach the lost. 
Really? Because the church is not doing its job. That's unbelievable. But that's that's another topic. That's another, <laughs> yeah. that's another podcast topic, brother. <laughs> that's another podcast topic right there. Um, but, yeah, so I did missions work. And so my brother was graduating from high school, and he actually ended up graduating early. He finished all of his schoolwork in December so that he could basically have that spring semester off. And Child Evangelism Fellowship, their international headquarters is in Missouri. Mm. And they do a training program to where if you're going to be staff, you have to go to this training program. There's also some colleges like Liberty's tied up with and stuff like that to where people who are minoring or majoring in children's ministry, they can go there and it counts towards their college credits. And so me and my brother went. Um, Warrington, Missouri is where it's at. Um, it's actually an old Catholic like compound that mm. they bought and turned it into this international headquarters for CEF. And so we basically lived there for three months doing this training. Um, and so we get out there, and of course, we're meeting all these new people from all over the nation, really all over the world. We had people that came in from Canada and Zimbabwe and different places like that for training. And Tammy, my wife, was, came in the class before ours. So we came spring of 08, 09, one of those years. One of those years. <laughs> oh, 08, I believe. Right. And then she was fall of... No, we were spring of 09. She was fall of 08. Don't quote me on any of this. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. um, and so her best friend that she met during that stayed on to do a year-long internship at international headquarters. And so me and Jacob, my middle brother, we go out there for our training. And so Tammy starts coming and visiting her best friend because she only lived like 30, 40 minutes away. And so that's okay. how we eventually met was wow. – through this, through that. you know, is that she would come me out. And of course, you know, we were looking for people our own age because there wasn't a lot of people our own age that was willing to be like, yeah, I'm going to do missions work for the rest of my life. You know, right. so we clung to those people. And so there was a small group of us, enough to fit in a minivan, you know, <laughs> so seven, eight of us. Um, but she would come and visit and we really built this relationship. And so um, it was once again, on Wednesday night, um, I was, it was, towards the end of our training and they were doing this progressive dinner to sort of celebrate, Hey, you guys have completed the course, you're graduating, but I had other plans. And mm -hmm. so I didn't go to the progressive dinner. I actually went to meet Tammy's dad and stepmom and was going to her church to help out with their Awana's program for that night. And wow. so, um, we met and that's when we started our relationship. So it's like two days before I'm about to move back to North Carolina, we start this relationship. And so the first, really the whole time that we were dating and engaged, we were long distance. She was living in Missouri. I was living in North Carolina. Um, we'd see each other about every six months. There was one time we were planning on doing nine months and about five months in, we realized we can't wait to see another four months to see each other. So we did an emergency trip. She flew out to North Carolina and, you know, but we got engaged just like two months, three months after we started dating. Um, and then, we got married about a year later. Here's some just life advice, free advice for all of you guys, is that if you're engaged, don't do a year engagement. It's terrible. <laughs> just <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny that you say that because, honestly, I don't know if you've heard mine. That my, my story resonates about the same as yours. I was, We dated for three months, got engaged a year later, got married. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, long engagements are terrible. Um, just yeah. don't do it. Um, but, yeah, and so we got married um, 2010, 
it's very easy to remember what year my anniversary mm-hmm. is because it's, you know. Yeah. Um, so June of 2010, we actually moved up our wedding. So Tammy's one of Tammy's sisters. So she's the youngest of three girls where I'm the oldest of three boys. And so just sort of amazing how that wow. worked out. Um, but one of her sisters was teaching in Taiwan at the time. And mm-hmm. so we actually had to try to, we tried to move up our wedding to like March because we're like, the wedding set, let's just move it up till March. But her sister couldn't come in from Taiwan. And so we're like, all right, we'll, we'll wait. But originally we we're going to get married in July. But as soon as her sister got in, we we're like, as soon as you can get in is when we we're going to get married. So she was able to come in in June. And so we're like, all right, <laughs> June uh-huh. it is, you know. So is she is she's just out of curiosity, and I don't know why I think of stuff like this, but is she still living in Taiwan or in Taiwan? No, no, no. She's um, she's back in the state. She's back in Missouri. Um, she's done. It's she's done teaching in Egypt, Kuwait, Taiwan, the Philippines. Wow. Like she's been all over the place. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing just yes. all the different places she's she's been and some of the stories that she has from teaching in some of these places, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got married, um, and our plan was we were going to get married. Mm-hmm. We were going to move to North Carolina, live in North Carolina for two years while being trained in the CEF way, and then moving to Missouri to be directors of CEF out there. Because even though there are international headquarters in Missouri, there's hardly any local stuff going on in Missouri which blows my mind. Yeah. But I can see that too. Yeah. And so that was our plan. Get married, move to North Carolina, train for two years, and then move to Missouri and start working with CF out there. Well, in the two years that we were in North Carolina, God started moving in our lives and God started showing us, um, that it was time for us to stop working with CF and actually get into, you know, church ministry. Um, and so I remember it was our preacher was t- preaching um, on Jesus calling Peter, you know, mm-hmm. the forgiving of three times after, mm-hmm. you know, his resurrection. And just every time he started hitting on the point of feed the sheep, take care of the sheep, tend the sheep. I was like, all right, God, I hear what you, you have going on. I hear what you're saying in all this. Now, through all this, you know, we were living, um, we're about 10, 15 minutes away from my parents' house. Um, we'd go every Monday night to my grandparents' house because, you know, we lived right beside my grandparents. My grandma had passed away, so it was my grandpa. Mm-hmm. And so every Monday night, we would do dinner with him and watch Dancing with the Stars. He loved Dancing with Dancing the Stars. With the stars. Yep. And so we would always come for that. And I remember sitting in the driveway of his house, and I was like, hey, I got to talk to you about something. You know, I was like, I feel like God's calling me to be a pastor. I think it's time for us to to move on from CEF. And she's like, I know that. I've been waiting for you to catch up with. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's awesome. Because I, I truly believe, and this is how we've done everything in our marriage, is if God is going to, God has called Paul, both of us to do something, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's time to move churches, time to, you know, anything like that, God will call both of us because we're in it together. You know, right. we, we do ministry together. It's not, hey, Josh is, the only person I like it's Josh and Tammy are together. Absolutely. She makes me look good. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they often do. They often do. And yeah. so she was like, yeah, I know that. And so we're like, okay, well, we'll start looking for churches. Um, and so my home church where I got saved, they were actually looking for a youth pastor. And so I applied. Now the youth pastor that I got saved under was now he had left the church. And after a few years, he came back and was actually hired on as the head pastor. And so I was like, oh, I know this guy. I've worked well with him before. I'm going to apply for this position. And just some bad, some things happened, and they were basically bent me be part of the consideration, even though I was never really truly part of the consideration. He already had a guy he had picked out and mm. was more or less stringing me along. And, you know, 
it's one of those things where you look back now as an adult or even then looking at it through more of adult eyes than when I was in youth going, all right, I see some differences here. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and he was like, I know what God's called you to do. God's called you to, 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 to be a children's pastor. Just give us a few years and we'll be able to hire you on as a children's pastor. I'm like, no, that's not what God has called me to do. God's called me to be a youth pastor. You know, that's, that's what I'm wanting to do. Um, and so we eventually were started looking and there was no place that we could find. And eventually God started calling us. It's like, move to Missouri. And we're like, okay, we'll move to Missouri. And so, um, there's a church out in Missouri that's where I actually got my first paid position, but they were looking and this was a church that the town itself is less than a thousand people, mm. you know, so a small church. Um, but the pastor there had actually built up a pretty good youth group, you know, and so they're looking for the first time in church history to actually hire a second person at the church. And so we had talked to him. Um, nothing was finalized there. It was like a prospect. And so we were like, all right, let's move to Missouri. And so we told our family and everything like that. And now, you know, it was two years. We lived in North Carolina for two years, and then we ended up moving to Missouri. Mm. Completely different circumstances than what we originally thought or intended. Right. But God still was like, yeah, two years in North Carolina, time to move to Missouri. And so we moved to Missouri, and we had nothing. Um, our car had just, uh, the engine in it had blown up, and so we had no vehicle. Um, the only furniture we had was a coffee table and a dog kennel. Mm-hmm. Um, it was me and Tammy and our dog. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And so everything we owned fit in a cargo van. Mm. Like, you know, just one of those 15-passenger, without the seats in it, of course, you know, right. cargo vans. And we moved to Missouri. We had no place to live. We had no vehicle. We had no definite jobs. You know, and a lot of people are like, why are you guys doing this? We, we don't get it. Why are you doing this? And it was just that reassurance of we know that this is what God has called us to do. Right. So we're going to do it, you know. And so luckily Tammy's um, mentor let us stay at their house. They had 11 kids at the house at that point in time. Mm. And so I think they have 16 all together, 17 all together. But at that point there was 11. I was like, so they're like, what's two more? And what's I'm like. More? Yeah, what's two more? Let's <laughs> yeah. go for it. Yeah, and so we lived there. We were able to get a car. Um, we were able to get jobs, and eventually that church hired me on to be their bivocational youth pastor. Um, and so that was my first paid church gig, and um, the pastor there, he's my mentor. I still talk to him all the time. Um, he definitely gave me – he protected me in ministry. You know, mm-hmm. he made sure that the deacons wouldn't pile stuff on me. He made sure he's like, no, we're paying him for part time. You're not going to pile more stuff on him. You know, if parents would come and complain, he'd be like, you come and talk to me first and then I will talk to him. You know, he definitely protected me in ministry and gave me guidance and direction. And I remember the first event I'd ever done as a youth pastor. You know, I'm a new youth pastor. I'm like, yeah, we're going to have this great event. We're like, we're just going to do a game night. Like, we're going to set up different games at the church and we're going to have fun. And so we're like, all right, we're going to do indoor volleyball, you know. No, not like full volleyball. We had like a table, and we put some folding chairs on top of the table to be the net. And then we gotcha. had them sit on the floor, and they were like had like a look one of those beach balls, beach you balls know, to go over. Go gotcha. over. And so they we're like, all right, this is awesome. We started playing it, and sure enough, one of the girls was a volleyball player, and just smacked the crap out of the ball, and it went. And we had fluorescent lights, but did not have a cover on the fluorescent lights itself, and so the ball hit the tube and just shattered. And it shattered all over the head of one of our deacon's kids. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> like, <laughs> now, luckily, nothing happened. Like, right. the kid was fine. But, you know, it was a lot of growing. And I was working bivocational at this. So I had worked at AT&T for a while. I worked for a factory for a while. Um, and mind you, while all this is going on, we're also doing camp ministry. Because Tammy, 
this camp, um, it was an association camp. And so Tammy had gone there all of her life. Her grandparents helped build the camp, mm. you know, and so she worked her way from being a camper to being a director of girls camp. Um, and I was the director of boys camp. And then we did like youth retreats and college retreats. And we had been seeing ministry done in this camp. And that was actually the first time I truly got to preach. Um, and in my Bible, actually it's over there on my desk. Um, we were getting going to camp, and this was before I was hired on at the church. Um, They're like, "Hey, we want you to be the pastor for girls' camp." And I was like, "That's awesome! Thanks. You know, mm. I'd love to do that." And so Tammy actually gave me a gift, a Bible, as you know, and it's the same Bible I preach from now. And so she has a nice little message in the front of it, you know, that's and stuff awesome. like that. And so it meant a lot, you know. That's where I proposed to Tammy at was actually at our camp um, mm. in front of 200 girls, you know. Really? Yeah, it was awesome. She had no idea it was coming. That's she, awesome. She knew I was going to propose to her on that trip. This was like, you know, of course, before we're married. <laughs> right. But um, me and the director have worked out a surprise to be able to surprise her to come and help out at camp. I was in charge of the recreations, you know, directs for the camp. And, of course, Tammy, you can't surprise her. She just figures out stuff. And so mm. she figured out because her director was like, hey, let's go buy supplies for camp. We're going to go to Sam's. We're going to go to Sam's in St. Louis that's, you know, two hours away and not the ones that's like 30 minutes away. And Tammy's like, what's going on? Mm. <laughs> and so she eventually found out that I was, you know, coming in and, she knew I was going to post her on that trip. You know, she just right. knew it. And she's like, you just have to talk to my dad first, you know. And so I had gone into town to get supplies for a slip and slide, and I had called her dad and asked permission. And so when I proposed to her, she she before she said anything, she's like, did you talk to my dad? And I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and That's so, awesome. yeah, that camp had a lot of, like, had a lot in our history, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so eventually the pastor I was working under, he and his wife, they moved to Texas and so I become, you know, the sole staff person here, bivocational working at a factory, and while they're looking for a pastor. And they still, like, they protected me. They didn't have me preach all the time. You know, I was, I was like, hey, I want to preach. I want to preach. And so they'd actually bring in other people to protect, you know, so I you know, could do my job also. Um, but eventually it got to the point where it's like, all right, it's like it's time for full-time ministry. You know, it's time for us to move it. And me and Tammy started talking about it and we we're like, we're just not ready yet. Like Tammy mm. has like, you know, what about camp? And we had some of our youth that, you know, they didn't have the best home life. And so we're like, we're, what about them? What's going to happen to them? And surely slowly by slowly, different things happened to where camp was no longer an option. You know, this, this youth had moved on to other things and one by one, these sort of things that were being our hindrance, God just was like, these are not really a hindrance. And so mm-hmm. eventually it was to the point where like, Okay, yeah, let's let's start looking for full time full time right. ministry, um, and so we started looking for full time ministry, and we whenever it came time for us looking for churches, we're like, we'll go wherever God wants us to go. Like, of mm. course, we'd like to be near family, but it's like wherever God wants us to go, we'll go. And so a church in Somerset called us to be their youth pastor. And now while this is going on, we didn't really tell our church family back in in Missouri because we didn't want to put more on their plate of being like, oh, well, our only paid person is about to leave also, you know? Right. Um, and so we did it like we'd take trips to do the interview process, and eventually they, they hired us on. Um, and through all this, um, we were doing foster care, and that, we'll talk about that at some other point in time. We won't, we right. won't get into all that today. Um, but, you know, we had foster care children that we had and we tried to bring them with us but for those who know the foster care didn't always work that way and so they weren't able to come with us 
Um, but we come to this church and it was in Somerset, Kentucky. It's a beautiful area. And we started doing the distance of how close it was to our families. And it was exactly in the middle between our two families of her family in Missouri, my family in North Carolina to the minute, like one was a minute closer than the other one, you know? So we're like exactly in the middle of our families and we're like, all right, this is awesome. We're full-time ministry. Don't have to worry about anything else going on. Um, church was in a good location, had a great facilities, you know? And so we started doing ministry there and I was over from birth basically through college was, you know, I was doing all of it. Mm-hmm. And it, in doing this, because, you know, youth has always been my primary focus, even though I've worked with kids and I've had different ministry experiences with kids, has always been youth. Um, but I started seeing that these youth that had grown up in this church had such a shallow foundation. I was like, this is not okay. And so it started making me pour more into the children's ministry of like, all right, we need a strong children's ministry to be able to lead to a strong, strong youth ministry, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's some things that happen at this church, and we'll talk about it at some point in time. Today is not the day for that. Right. Um, but some things happened, and me and the pastor, and, or really me and the other staff, was more or less didn't see eye to eye with the pastor, and eventually me and the music minister and the church administrative assistants, we all ended up leaving the church. Um, and so I remember what—so I started looking for churches, um, and— I started applying. And I was like, all right, we're just going to go anywhere. Like, we just need to get out of here, you know. And so I started applying to churches. And then next thing I know, Brother Gary calls me. And he's like, hey, we want you to come be our children's pastor. I was like, I don't remember applying for any place to be a children's pastor. I was just applying for youth pastors. But I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll hear this guy out. You know, once again, being like, I just want, I just want youth ministry, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in history, being what it is, is that now I'm here as a children's pastor. And it's because... We need a strong children's pastor, you know, ministry, ministry, you yes. know. And so things worked out, and now I'm here. Um, we've been here now for two and a half years. You know, it's crazy. I was at my other church in Somerset for a year and a half, and it felt like it took forever that year and a half. And mind you, like a year of that was just pure chaos and just terribleness. Um, but here it's been two and a half years, and it's crazy to think about it. It's been two and a half years. Like mm. it feels like it's been no time right. that I've been here. Um and so, yeah, we were here. We um, do foster care still. We were able to adopt one of our daughters um, just this past year or just a couple months ago, actually. Yeah, we were just talking yeah. about that. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Awesome. And, yeah, and so it's just been very exciting. Um, you know, ministry is definitely not an easy lifestyle, but it's one that it's fulfilling. It's a rewarding lifestyle. It's rewarding, it is, just to be able to see the change in kids' lives mm-hmm. and youth and just people in general. When you start seeing that life change happens, there's nothing greater or better than than that. You know, it's just... It's nothing better than being totally submissive to what God wants us to do in life. Yes. And and to understand when he says, when he says go, you know, you say, I will follow. Yeah. And and to watch you over the past two and a half years that that I've known you and, and I've been here with me and my family and stuff, I mean, you're definitely... A valuable asset to the to the body here at Mill Creek. Um, your love for God, first and foremost, is very visible in the way that you live it. Uh, the, your care for the children, uh, not only the children but the youth, and your availability to fill in and be that jack of all that <laughs> that majority of people are in life. But for your for your heart to take it on like you do is very visible. Uh, you're you're. It's almost as if you're proud to be able to help when you can help. And that's that's having a heart of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and not to care. 
yeah. and, and to be able to fill in when you can. And it, it's, I know it's been a privilege of ours. Uh, when I say ours, I'm talking about me and my families yeah. to, to, to know you and Tammy and well, thank you. get to know the girls. And yeah. uh, again, you all will get to know a little bit more about Josh and his personal life and his family and his kids and how, yeah. how his kids came about <laughs> yeah. and this, that, and the other. Uh, it's, it's a story in itself. See, so, yeah, there's a lot to it, but you know, we don't want to be here for three or four hours. <laughs> Not on one podcast. <laughs> Not on one podcast, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But, you know, you see you see out there in life, guys, that, that God – can put you, God will put you where you He wants you to be. Oh, absolutely. It's a matter of how much are you going to fight Him to get there. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, guys, I hate to say it like this, but your time may end before you get to where God wants you to be. And yeah. because you're not submissive and you're not listening to Him beat on the heart door of your heart to get you to understand how much He loves you. Yeah. One of the things that my youth pastor said when I was in youth, and it's one of those things that, I've, you know, I get it. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it exactly how he says it, mm-hmm. but he always said, you know, if you claim yourself to be a Christian and become too much of a hindrance to the kingdom, God will take you out, you mm-hmm. know? And I agree with that to a point, you know, right. if we get to a point where we're too much of a hindrance to the work of going on, I don't know if he'll necessarily kill us, but you know, he'll do stuff to prevent us from being able to be a hindrance to the kingdom. Now, yeah, that might mean that our life ends or it might mean other things happen, you know, right. but you know, it's, it's, here's the thing to always remember. God is always pounding on the door of your heart to get mm-hmm. your attention. No matter how faint it may be or how loud you might hear it at times, he's always there. Yeah. It's a matter of whether or not you want to open the door to let him in. And sometimes, well, no, yeah. Sometimes our, our life expectancy because of our selfish desires and we choose not to open that door causes us to miss a great opportunity. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's the whole mission of flow here guys is to try to reach as many people as we can to share our stories, our experiences, oh, yeah. our lives. Uh, Josh has got many more wonderful stories and adventures that he's been on and that I know <laughs> I've heard that I'm excited for you guys to hear. Um, yeah. I'm excited. Uh, it's a breath of fresh air. Uh, it feels so good to be back it feels, doing. Yeah, just a good record. Like, I mean, because we didn't really talk about this, but I recorded a, another podcast with Marcus. Yes. You know, and me and my wife did it for a little bit, and it's something that we'll be starting back up here in February, I think, is when we're shooting mm-hmm. for the start back of that. But, yeah, it's just nice to be able to actually be back doing this. Doing this. You know, you don't realize how much you miss it until you actually – get to do it exactly you know? <laughs> and, and, i mean and that's why you heard a little and you may still hear it now hopefully you do because i know my my facial expressions hopefully show it my my body language shows it and and my hopefully you can hear it in my voice that guys i'm excited to be back i'm excited yeah. to be back doing what god wants me to do and i know what god's called josh to do and and helping out with this podcast and you all mean so much to us. We've touched so many lives because of it, uh, because of what God, just because God put a plan in action. God told me one night to start a podcast. I thought he was crazy. I thought he didn't know what he was talking about at the time because I didn't know nothing about it. Right. And it just goes to show that when you walk in obedience and you say, God, you know what? I Because I don't know, I trust that you do. Yes. And because of that, this w- this was formed. Yeah. Their lives have been touched. Um, we hope to touch many more lives throughout the the courses of the next few weeks and months and years yes. to come. 
but it's a pleasure to have Josh on board well, here you. with Flow Podcast. Welcome thank you. to the Flow family and uh, look forward to keep recording. Oh, yeah. And bringing special guests on. Yes. And uh, something that we didn't do at the beginning that I definitely want to do before we definitely sign off is pray. Yeah. Uh, we usually open up an episode with prayer and uh, close with prayer, but I was so excited. <laughs> I, I was so excited <laughs> to be back. Excited, yeah. But yeah, it's it. You know, I've always enjoyed the name Flow because that's so true. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, if you would have asked me, fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. hey, would you be living in Kentucky, you know, in Wildcat Country? No, the there's best country. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was never my like, never in my thought process have been then. Oh yeah, I'm gonna marry a girl from Missouri and I want to do ministry in Kentucky. Right. No, it's like yeah, I'm gonna stay close to home. Like. I want to stay close to family. Right. You know, it's never been a, now, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Right. You know, I, the blessings in my life that have been because of just following what God's called me to do, whether Mm -hmm. it's willingly or kicking and screaming, has been just too numerous to announce, like, talk about, and just has meant so much just to to go with with the flow. Go with the flow. That's right. I mean, it's just, it's worth it. I mean, really, like... You can't say more than that. It's no. just it's just worth it. It's just worth it. Um, it's so hard to say yes, and so hard to say, when I say say yes, I'm talking about yes to everything that God's word tells mm-hmm. us to do. I've been recently, you know, I, we could keep going on and on. <laughs> I mean, we could keep recording honestly because of all the things that's happened in my life that I'm so excited to let you guys know about over the past, you know, two or three months or whatever oh, it's yeah. been since we've recorded. Uh, I'll save those stories for then, guys, because honestly, <laughs> if I start, I won't quit. Uh, I do want to save some stuff for you guys to listen to later on uh, down the line. But uh, once again, we thank you for tuning yes. in for this episode of uh, Flow Podcast. And uh, keep an eye on the website. Uh, it's www.flowpodcast.org. Uh, you can check out some of the merch that's been put on there. Uh, there's going to be a whole lot more added uh, we've got a ton more merch coming out. Uh, that, too, will be discussed in a future episode. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Josh, we look forward to your, your wisdom. We look forward to your uh, just what you're going to bring to this podcast. And if you wouldn't mind, would you mind to close us out yep. in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Well, Father, we just thank you for this day. We just thank you for this time that we're able just to, to come together and just to talk about how great you are, just how you <laughs> use me. I mean— I don't deserve it. I'm I'm not worthy to be called what you've called me to do and just how you work in the lives of every believer like this. How you use us to do mighty things and just to change the lives of those around us. And I just ask that you continue just to bless our listeners, bless us, just continue just to help all of us grow closer to you and just help us just be able to reach this world for your name. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, we hope you have a blessed week. Uh, we will be on new episodes every week. This it does no good to tell you when this one's going right, to air yeah. because we're not live right now anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. So this but, one comes out at the day it came out. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> You're exactly correct, but I can tell you that we will have uh, at least one episode a week coming yes. out from from this point forward. Uh, we're excited about it. Uh, also, there's a suggestion box on our website, guys. If there's topics out there that you would love to hear us preach on or talk yes. about or, or or mention about, please put those in there. Prayer requests as well. Please put prayer requests in there. 
uh, we get those, we can see those, and we want you all to know that we we do think about you guys daily. We pray for this podcast and the listeners that are on it. And uh, just do me one favor this week, guys. Share Christ with somebody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's more important than sharing anything about this podcast. That's it. Just share Christ. Just share Christ. Yeah, just share Christ. You don't have to, yeah. Don't, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yep. So, guys, so signing off, this is J-Log. Josh. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out flowpodcast.org to send in your questions or topics and get your official Flow merch. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok to get your faith, life, and off-the-wall fix during the week. Till next time, and remember to go with the flow.